0: The greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right. Blow the whistle. With your host, Brandon Stats Januska. The White Sox are all in. They need to at least
1: make it to the American League Championship Series. And even that might not be enough.
0: Tyler Butterball Beautiful.
2: Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker. And he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine, Now, DeRozan, Vooch. He's going to be able to set these guys open. And last year, 37.8% from three points. That's pretty darn good. And David Double D Dykstra.
0: Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out there with no more than three losses. Like, they're they're going into conferences where they're going to get slapped. Hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1, that's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And now, here's Brandon, Tyler, and David. That's right, it's Blow the Whistle time. Yeah, we know we're a little late this week, we had a lot going on at school, so... Welcome in, my name's David Dykstra, I'm here with... Brandon Janoska,
2: Tyler Buterbaugh. Ooh,
0: we went right down the line, I like that. And we got a special guest on the ones and twosies, our boy, Jeremy Pirate Bucky Stetter. Stetter.
2: Stetter. <laughs>
0: Stetter. Working the ones and twos for us today. Boys, are we ready to get going? We got a lot to talk about. We got NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, and, you know, someone over on the end of the room is a little excited about bulls. So we're going to talk some bulls too. I wonder
2: who that could be. (laughs) I wonder.
0: Are you guys ready to get going?
2: Absolutely. Let's go. All
0: right. Let's get it going. First and foremost, I want to say welcome to all everybody who is listening. Everybody that's been listening through the Under the Hood podcast, and anyone new from the Under the Hood po- podcast, welcome. If you're just hearing this, you can also hear us on Spotify, uh, iHeart Radio. Where else, Brandon? There's so many.
1: We are on Anchor, Spotify, iHeart Radio, Quad Pod Network, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you listen to a
0: podcast, the list goes
2: on and on and <laughs>
0: on and on. And- <laughs> but that being said, let's talk about our Chicago Bears, and let me throw a question out to our listeners real quick. Will you see the same offensive game plan on display for the Bears this week against the Raiders as you did last week? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Whistle one That's B-L-O-W-T- W-H-I-S-T-L-E 1. Now the reason I ask that is, big news out of Bears facility yesterday, Justin Fields QB one going forward from this point on. Brandon, are we excited and happy about the news? Yes, I I am very,
1: (laughs) very excited that Justin Fields is going to be the starter moving forward. I said it beforehand when we were debating, should be Dalton, should be Fields. I said once Fields gets a couple starts in don't go back. Like if you're saying Dalton's the starter, that's fine. But once Fields gets that chance, don't go back. Cause that's just gonna, you gave him experience and then you're pulling it back from him. Let him now learn from what he, the mistakes he made in those previous weeks. But to answer the question that you put out there in terms of how will the game plan look? I expect laser to still call the plays. And I do expect it to be still a, a run heavy Look, because Fields is out there, I think they'll open him up a little more than the the 19 or rather 17 passes that he had last week. But I do think they're still going to focus on the run even without Montgomery. That was there. my
0: major concern with the injury to David Montgomery out four to five weeks with that knee sprain. How's that run? Uh, it's gonna be a different looking run offense because Damian Williams and and, and, and Herber. Herbert are two different different backs than what David Montgomery is. They're more of your cut and go kind of running backs, a little more speed there, a little more A little more juke, a little more jive other than David Montgomery, who's, I'm going to pound it in your face until you go, no more, sir, no more. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they accommodate the two different running back styles that are coming into play. What about you, Tyler?
2: No, I mean, well, first and foremost, I'm just gonna brag that I did call it after by week four. Justin Fields was gonna be the starter. I was off by three weeks. You were three yeah. weeks. I was three I, weeks, I'm, man. So I'm taking pride that I called it. <laughs> but uh, Brandon you know, was right there with you. He let, was. Let, no, let, I know. Let Brandon glowed a little too. <laughs> Me and Brandon could take the credit for it. But uh,
1: you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> you're welcome, Bears Nation.
2: They listen.
0: They listen, they listen to us. But uh, <laughs> we were on the phone with Nagy the whole time. Listen, man.
2: but I am, I'm expecting to see the same type of offense that the bears did with fields in last week's game, because I heard on the radio today and Maggie came out that the entire offense had a meeting. Basically they were talking with every player and just kind of basically, Oh, you're talking collaboration, collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big thing in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Basically, like, they didn't go over, like, details, but it was just about, like, how are we going to, like, uh Cole Komet said that how, like, basically what was asked is, like, what should we do and how should we go about on getting back on track on being, like, a, like a contender. But, so, I think that had to do a little bit with the decision on Justin Fields in as the quarterback one. And I'm going to be honest, I think from now on, we're still going to see a lot of lasers offense, and play calling, because I'm, this is just my opinion. I think the way how Nagy came out into the uh, the press, he didn't sound super thrilled about announcing it, so I wonder if he's just a little butthurt, because maybe they were like, we got to go let Laser do the play calling.
0: Oh, he's an absolute egomaniac. Oh, absolutely. When it, when it, when it, as, as far as a head coach, he's up there with some of the guys that are just like, I would... <laughs> Urban Meyer esque, very Urban Meyer esque. Exactly. So, because he
2: goes, his his whole thing is, I think, with Nagy is that he br- lives and breathes his offense. He does not care how poorly it goes. So, I that's the thing. So, I mean, I think he was just he was really, he's really into his off his play calling, and so I think it just bundled him out a little bit that I think the decision is let uh Lazard be the play caller from here on out because obviously that we saw from Sunday that. It worked out well with Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, and because Nagy, we know he has the ego. He doesn't want to change things. Do you guys think that he made the call to switch to Fields, or was he pressured into it? Because on Monday, he said Andy Dalton is still the starter. What changed from Monday to Wednesday? Was it just seeing him, at, like, did he just re-watch the game film and say, okay, actually, Fields looked pretty good. He, he's the starter now, or like...
2: Did he get pushed into this decision? I think he got pushed. I think I, I he got agree. pushed hard. I, I totally agree. He got pushed because that <laughs> really threw me off. How fast he changed! Like Monday, he was just like, once we hear that Dalton is healthy, he will be our starter week. Like well, coming into next week, and then all of a sudden, just totally, just opposite direction. So I think he got pushed definitely.
0: I, I also think that it probably was a little bit of that game film because we had already talked about. For me, there were three plays in that game that Justin Fields makes that Andy Dalton doesn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Two of
0: them were the passes to Mooney where he just drops it in in stride to Darnell Mooney and the other one was his his scramble where the the cornerback had the angle on him and he ran past that cornerback to gain 12 yards. Those things aren't happening. <clears throat> now granted that first pass to Darnell Mooney down the middle I think Andy Dalton probably could have made that pass. I don't know if he would have hit him in stride the way that Justin Fields did, but he doesn't make that other pass that went over the shoulder or without a shadow of a doubt, the scramble is not going to happen for Andy Dalton. So it might've been a little bit of both. Listen, these are the things that we can do with Justin Fields. I think it's a better move. To put Justin Fields, yes, there's going to be growing pains. Absolutely. But he gives us a better chance to run the offense that we want to run than Andy Dalton does. I think that was the pressure point.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you on both those plays. I even want to add on the Allen Robinson throw as well. You said that one, right? The Allen Robinson one one was was really good. Was really
0: good too. But I think Dalton being the pocket passer that he is, I think Dalton can make those kind of professional throws. Yeah. Just like the the one right down the middle to uh, Mooney, I don't think it might have been on stride, but I think he could have made that pass to to Allen Robinson.
2: And can I just say, can we like agree that Mooney right now after that game, he's probably a kid in the candy shop because he, his his threat is his speed, and last season. There was many times he was open and he just they could not deliver the ball to him. So I think he is just overly excited that he's got a quarterback that can throw that deep ball accurate right to him. Oh, that was fifty yards in the air, yeah. if not more accurate as all get out. And was, that was I was just like, oh, it was it was a beautiful <laughs> sight to see. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Fields did not pass the ball all that often. Seventeen attempts. That's all he had, but five of them are. Five of his completions, five of his eleven completions, went for twenty or more yards, which is not something you see if you're a Bears fan.
0: Uh, it, it's it like like we said we there. I I want to say for Bears fans, I think there was this this oh god here we go again what kind but they you could automatically within the first quarter see that it was a different game plan and somebody else was calling the plays yeah, it without obvious. it being quote-unquote said. Right, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see with with the the David Montgomery injury, if they stick with that same plan of trying to run, 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 and then get Fields in a good position to, to make quality throws. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for Bears coming up. We ask who you got next week five in NFL games. We give you our picks next on Blow the Whistle. Welcome back to Blow the Whistle. My name's David Dykstra. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to this especially our new listeners from the under the hood podcast we appreciate it we love it hope you enjoy what you you're hearing if you don't too bad (laughs) no it's just i'm joking people I'm, i'm joking all right it's that time we give out our picks and our predictions for week five of the nfl brandon give us the list baby
1: all right, so we'll start off, since we didn't get to it in the, our first segment, yeah, of absolutely. course, we have to start off with the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders, the over-under 44.5 points, the Raiders favored by 5.5.
0: Tyler, who you got?
2: You know what? I mean, I'm going to go with Raiders, um, despite, I mean, I'm not going to go in the wagon this time and be like, oh, field's starting, we're going to... The Bears are going to win, but uh, despite the Raiders coming off a tough loss against the Chargers, great game by the way. If anyone saw that, it was really good. But I, I still I don't trust this Bears offense is still kind of new with like with the new with Fields going. So and it's a totally different uh, contender against the Lions. So I'm gonna have to go with Raiders, especially at home. So I got Raiders in this game by seven.
0: All right. Um, I'll go next. I'll leave Brandon for last. Uh, I'm going to go along the same lines as you, Tyler, uh, questionable, uh, offense with, with David Montgomery. I'd feel a little more comfortable if David Montgomery was in, uh, my thoughts are that the defense is banged up right now. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on there. I actually am going to go Raiders as well, but by 10.
1: Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, I am also going Raiders. So Bears win. Bears, are gonna Bears win. win. There we there go. There we go. You're maybe, welcome that, again. maybe that's
0: what we need to start doing. Yeah, that's what we got to do. <laughs>
1: we are the gift to Bears Nation. So you're welcome again in advance. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with the Raiders in this one. Raiders playing at home and Josh Jacobs, especially if Akeem Hicks is out. I think that Josh Jacobs is going to have a good game. And Hey, I mean, hey,
0: don't discount my boy Tonga. That's true that
1: is true yeah. and and Goldman should be back still so and play another week I, I still just think that Raiders team; it's going to be too much. That defense is pretty good too, and like Tyler alluded to, the offense—a lot of questions still on that Bears offense. I think the Bears can keep it close, but I'm going to take the Raiders by six.
0: All right. So once again, the
2: Bears will win.
0: So all <laughs> right, it's
2: it's factual that this <laughs> happens, guys. Just Let so out. you guys know. Let's
0: let's let's move on to Thursday night football tonight. Rams visiting at Seattle. I will go first on this. I think the Rams come out and absolutely lay it on Seattle. Seattle has not impressed me so far this year. Russell Wilson has not looked good. The defense is super suspect. I think Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford have a huge game. Rams by 14.
1: Hmm. Okay. See, I would argue Russell Wilson's the only thing that's looked good on I, that Seahawks I, my, team. It's my, it's true. Per- yeah, yeah. He <laughs> hasn't.
0: He's looked good, but he hasn't looked Russell Wilson good. Okay. Let, let, let's put it to you. I, that I way. agree with that.
2: Yeah. No. I also. I also got the Rams in this game. I don't think it's going to be that close as well. Um, like I said, like like you said, Russell Wilson hasn't been the Wilson that he usually is. And I can say this because I have him in my fantasy. (laughs) No, no, Chris Carson. Chris Carson has just not really been doing much. So I think all he really got is the pass game. And just this Rams defense is just absolutely fantastic. So, and it's just, I mean, despite being in a way, I still got the Rams. I wouldn't go by 14. I'm going to go by 10. I'm honestly a little surprised if you look at ESPN. The prediction is right down the middle. They It's 50-50. Wow. So I'm a little surprised Seattle by that.
0: is a tough place to go and play. I yeah, will yeah, give. Yeah, they, it. They've is. got probably that. The, the Seahawks and the Chiefs probably have the best home field advantage of any teams in the Just NFL. That
2: stadium gets, both those teams get very loud. rowdy. It's ridiculous. Crazy loud.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Rams are only listed as two and a half point favorites. Over-unders 53 and a half. I think they're going to blow by that. 53 and a half. I have it as a little bit more of a shootout going here. I think the Rams, they're angry. They're going to come back after their loss to Arizona last week. They're going to come back and do a lot of scoring. Seattle's going to do plenty of scoring as well at home in a division game. So I have this being a back-and-forth shootout. I do have the Rams out coming out on top by 10. The Rams will take this one, but I do... I think Seattle can hang with them, but the defense of Seattle is just atrocious. So Stafford's going to have a field day. If you have him in fantasy, congratulations, you're going to win. If you have Cooper Cup like I do in one of the leagues, you're going to win. But, yeah, it's going to be – I have a lot of points going here. It's going to be over the 53-and-a-half, but the Rams win by 10.
2: Can I say a quick funny story because I brought up Chris Carson on my fantasy. So I have him starting for tonight, and the guy that I'm going against, he's like – Hey, can you do me a favor? And this is strictly just to help you out. Don't start Chris Carson. He's like, put Malcolm Brown in. I'm yeah. like, he's like, he's been going off. I look, he's been scoring less than 10 points. I'm like, are you crazy? I'm like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm like, you're going against me. So anyways, that was that was my quick little thing. Well,
0: I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm starting to wonder if Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, like eat, sleep, drink. And do everything together. Oh, just with the, the way they've been in simpatico lately,
2: they probably have. Yeah. They probably sleep in bunk beds.
0: All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, and quick note though,
1: if <laughs> if we are right and the Rams win this one, Russell Wilson will suffer his first loss on Thursday Night Football. Four and over. Yeah, right that now. is
0: true. That is true. All right, Packers at Cincinnati or at the Bengals. Tyler,
2: believe it or not, this is going to be.
1: This is a tough one for me. Yeah, Look pa- Packers
2: three points favorites over under fifty one. This is a tough one for me because obviously the Packers are catching their their fire after the atrocious Week One performance against uh, the Saints. But the Bengals have been surprising me lately. Like they're oh they're better than anybody thinks they are. For absolutely, sure. people are they're like um, their wide receiver duo. It could be is like almost at the same level as, like, the Vikings, just, like, two solid, uh, talented receivers. I'm going to go—I'm I'm just going to lay it out there. I'm going to go Bengals by three. Ooh. I'm going to go with that, despite uh, Green Bay adding an addition to— uh, Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith comes out and has, like, six sacks. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but that Packers happen. defense still hasn't impressed me this season, so I'm going to go Bengals. I three, Brandon.
1: All right. I like that. I like it a lot, actually. I really hope it happens. <laughs> I'm I I'm not gonna bet against Aaron Rodgers exactly. though. Yeah. It's going to I think they'll keep it close. I think the Bengals are better than everyone thinks they are. They are three and one also. Go Bears. That, that's the one <laughs> loss there. But, uh, I, yeah, I think it's going to be too much for the Bengals to handle. The Packers are going to start to run away with it at the end. Packers by – we'll go Packers by 13.
2: Ooh. Oh, wow, okay.
0: I, I, I'm going oh, with – Fourth quarter. I'm going slot. with Brandon. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He's looked yeah. absolutely Aaron Rodgers-esque. I just think he had a, a – a, a vacation hangover that week one. <laughs> he was enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He shaved. Hangover. He shaved. That's what happened. He shaved off the beard and now he's all serious. So I'm going to go Packers. I'm going to not go as much as you. I'm going to go by nine. Moving on. Browns at chargers. One of the marquee matchups for week five. I'm going to go first. There's a lot of speculation going out about Baker Mayfield and that shoulder. He did not look good at all in last week's performance against the Vikings. Right? Yes. At uh, fourteen to seven. Correct. Didn't look good at all. I'm gonna say it right now. Chargers are one of my favorite teams to watch in the NFL right now. Justin Herbert is a stud. Eckler is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> when he doesn't score points against me in fantasy. I love him.
1: You lost by how much
2: last year? Shut up, Brandon. (laughs) How much? (laughs)
0: 0.06.
2: Yeah. I just remember watching that game and I texted you guys. I'm like, oh no, David's going to lose.
0: But that being said, I think once again, Chargers will find a way to score on this talented and very, very talented Browns defense. But I think they win by three.
2: I'm going to, I'm picking Chargers as well. After seeing them against the Raiders, Justin Herbert, man, like he—he he is a very talented young quarterback. I consider him. I mean, he's definitely top ten quarterback in the league right now. He, I consider he's, he's the a best higher. out
0: of that class. Oh, right after, now, oh, for most sure,
2: definitely. And just seeing him, just and that offense, because I love the Chargers' offensive coordinator. He's like, he's just a offensive genius. But yeah, the Browns' defense is tough. So I mean, I don't see it being a a getaway win. So I got I got Chargers uh, over Browns. I'm gonna go by I'm gonna go by six. All right, Brandon.
1: I'm gonna go the other way. I don't care if Mayfield doesn't play because that is not <laughs> why the Browns win games. The Browns win games with the running attack and with their defense. So even if Case Keenum ends up having to make the start, I'm gonna take the Browns in this one. I do think it will be a close matchup. The Chargers are favored by two. Uh, Over unders forty seven. I'm going to take the under on this one, and the Browns hold on to win it. That defense has put up back to back single did has given up single digits in back to back weeks. I don't think they'll continue that trend, but they'll do enough to give the Browns a victory.
0: All right, we got three more games. Let's get to them quickly. Lions at the Vikings. I'm going to say it right here. Kneecaps will be taken out. Lions get their first victory of the season. <laughs> I think they beat the Vikings. The Vikings still haven't proven to me that they're... Uh, Cousins is having a great season, but I, they still haven't proven to me that they can put it together, especially with Dalvin Cook being questionable.
2: I'm still going to... I'm going to also... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Vikings, though. I mean, this, even like you said, despite Cook being questionable, I still think he'll... He's going he'll be healthy enough, and he's gonna go back to his good old Dalvin Cook self. And I'm gonna it's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a big game. So I think also close as well. I'm gonna go Vikings by six.
1: Yeah, Vikings are nine point favorites over unders forty nine. I'm taking the Vikings Dalvin Cook with a comeback game.
0: All right, 49ers at the Cardinals. Cardinals all day long, every day long. I love 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 Arizona right now.
1: Cardinals are five and a half point favorites over is fifty. I am taking the Cardinals. Kyler Murray. I'm riding with him.
2: With you guys as well, I'm taking Dang the Cardinals as well. San Francisco's
0: going to win, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> And in the marquee matchup, Sunday night football, Bills at Chiefs. Chiefs. Tyler, who you got?
2: Well, give me a table because I'm going to break through it. Because I'm going Bills Mafia. I'm going Bills over Chiefs.
1: Brandon. I'll take the Chiefs in this one. They've had a, a rough start to the season, a little bit here, but they're going to bounce back and they're going to pull out this marquee matchup.
0: I got the Bills winning as well, close, maybe a last-second field goal. That's going to do it for our picks. Coming up, it's that time, boys. It's that time where we look past the through the past week and pick our moments that said, "You're killing me, Smalls." Here on Blow the Whistle. Kill- That's right. It's that time again. It's time for the best segment in all of sports. It's time for You're Killing Me Smalls. It's where we take what agitated us the most throughout the week and just go off. And if you have a You're Killing Me Smalls that, you know, had you just... I rate throughout the week. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowT Whistle1. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E 1. And I'm going to start with Brandon. Because Brandon curious. never goes first.
1: See, I feel like he always says that. And because then he always kicks me. No, it's I, true. I feel lately, like, lately yeah, well, I've noticed it's that like he'll when, have you It's like Whenever David hosts, it's that's like right. Brandon never goes first. Brandon never <laughs> so goes Brandon first. Brandon always goes first when David that's hosts. That's right. But no other time. Well, <laughs> so, I know you're prepared yeah, this time. Yeah, so. I, I am prepared. You caught me off guard one time. Actually, <laughs> I caught myself off guard. Just All right. I'm doing something a little different with this one, as in not going after an athlete or a coach or the weather or anything like that, because I've done all of that stuff before. (laughs) I've gone after baseballs. I've gone after all kinds of things. I'm going after myself. What? what? I know. It's crazy. I am killing myself, all right? Oh, I know I know what this is. <laughs> yeah, I know what exactly, this is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, you this, you this guys know. I know what this is. Because on Tuesday was the national or I'm sorry, American League wild card game between the Yankees and the Red Sox, and throughout the day I was telling people Rizzo and Schwarber going to homer. Rizzo and Schwarber <laughs> are both going to homer in this game tonight. Hey, once Rizzo and Schwarber both homer, I'm going to put them as my lead for the update the next day. There's it's gonna happen. They're both gonna homer. They're at Fenway. It's a short uh short fence in right. They're both lefties. They're they're built for this game. They're both gonna homer. But what I didn't do was put money on it. I should have <laughs> put money on it because what happened? Schwarber and Rizzo both hit a home run in the American League wildcard game.
0: Here's the question though. What what was the numbers on on the parlay? if they both hit a home run. Did you even look? I did. I did not look. Oh, I not know someone, Tyler said. Someone, yeah.
2: someone made that bet. They put $100 in. They won $1,700.
0: Woo! Yeah, so it was 17 to 1.
2: Yes. There you go. All yeah, right. There you go.
1: I had 70 to 1. I should have done it. I didn't do it. I'm, I'm kicking myself for it now because I called it throughout the day. As soon as it happened, I was getting texts saying, <laughs> you called it. I got like three different texts yep. from people saying, you called this one. <laughs> but I didn't put money on it. So for that, Brandon, for not putting money on Schwarber and Rizzo, I say to you, I sure am killing myself.
2: Um, Tyler, go for it. All right. Well, I'm going to attack Matt Nagy. I mean, a shocker. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> what? He did something wrong. Just the fact, Nagy, that you are like so indecisive, and you're not giving everyone any information on anything, and you are dragging it out to the media forever. Like how do you go from, month or Monday was it Monday? Going like yeah, once Andy Dalton is healthy, he's gonna be ba- he's gonna go back into a quarterback one spot. After the solid performance of Justin Fields, and then what? The day later, you got picked on from the whole the whole team and got manipulated, and now they're like, okay, from now on going forward, we're gonna put Justin Fields as the starting quarterback, and. God, just sound more excited in the press conference, why don't Because I definitely feel like he got forced into this. So it's like, come on, dude. You're, like, you're leaving all Bears fans high and dry. Like, what are you doing? Just make up a decision and set the Bears up. Because obviously, yeah, I mean, the Bears fan base is, once they get a new quarterback in, they're always super excited. Yeah, I get it. And you got the different people there are saying that, like, you don't want to start a quarterback this early, yada, yada, yada. But – We've seen a lot of Justin Fields, and everyone's ready to see more of Justin Fields. So, Nagy, thank you for making the right decision, even if it wasn't your actual decision. But for just absolutely just can't make up your freaking mind. Matt Nagy, I give you a big old... You're killing me, Smalls. I completely agree. And guess what, boys? I now
0: have two... You're killing me small, so I'm going to get to him real quick because I just thought of one. Garrett Cole, New York Yankees starting pitcher in a winner-go-home game against the Red Sox. There's a reason that they pay you the money that they do in New York. You are supposed to come in there, shut people down, and say, shut up. Guess what? Uh, you messed up. You lasted three innings, and you didn't even get an out in the third inning. So, Garrett Cole, for absolutely not living up to the hype and completely poo-pooing the bed and absolutely looking like a deer in headlights during that game, I give you a big old
2: killing
0: me, Smalls. It's the Schwarber effect. It is the Schwarber <laughs> it is. effect. It really is. Alright, this one I'm gonna enjoy.
2: <clears throat>
0: hey, uh, Urban Meyer?
2: I, I was gonna do that if you didn't do it.
0: Urban Meyer, buddy. Hello, it's me, David Dykstra. How you doing? <laughs> Not so good, are you?
2: <sighs> Where do I start? There's so many places you can start. Where do those. I
0: start? First off, you are a complete and utter disaster as a head coach for an NFL team. Hey, let me go get the best people that I thought were great in college and put them on a football team, and let's see how... We, oh, how's that working for you? Secondly, bro, what are you doing? What you you, you you're going to campus parties and having girls just dance on your lap? What? Yeah. What a way to just like completely go, hey! I suck as a coach and I suck as a human being too. Wow, wow, Urban Meyer, and you know what? This has nothing to. It has everything to do with my Urban Meyer hating him being Ohio State and Florida. Dude, you are an absolute disgrace to coaching. You are a disgrace in Florida when you had I want to say close to thirty five players be charged with felonies not misdemeanors, felonies of abuse, robbery, all these things. And then you go and get hire a guy at Ohio State when you're the head coach of Ohio State who abuses his wife. Unbelievable. And now you go and say you're all done with football. Oh, wait, no, not quite yet. Let me see how I can do in the NFL. So far, not so good. You are a complete disaster as a head coach. Before the season even starts, you hire a strength and conditioning coach from Iowa who is a known racist and bully to be your strength and conditioning coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you don't even fire him. He resigns before you fire him. Are you kidding me? Now you get into the season, you're zero and four. Granted, team's not that great. There's some growth there. I'll give you a little bit of a pass on that aspect of it. But then you get caught having a young female dancing near, not on your lap, but near your lap.
2: Social distancing.
0: now this being said you come out and you apologize I don't know if any of you saw the press conference that was the most unenthusiastic insincere apology I've ever seen from a coach who has done something quote unquote unethical in my entire life you can just tell he thinks he is Greater than the sport, and he thinks he's above everything. I'm. I'm going to say this right now. I will be surprised if Urban Meyer makes it through the season as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to put it out there you think right he'll now.
2: He'll leave or get canned.
0: I think he's going to get canned. Con okay. has come out and said that he is not happy with him. So for all of that, Urban Meyer. You get the biggest, most ridiculous. You're killing me, Smalls. I'm I'm completely and totally just over him. Yeah, he's he losing need, that team. He needs, yeah, oh,
2: he most needs to disappear. He hasn't already. Like he just need, that situation, dude. Come on, so unprofessional. He needs to disappear. Well. That being said,
0: unfortunately, that's all the time we have for You're Killing Me Smalls this week. Once again, if you have a You're Killing Me Smalls and you want to give it to us, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Whistle one that's B-L-O-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. But something is happening for the first time in almost 25 years for Penn State. We will let you know what that is here on Blow the Whistle. Saturday. Highlights courtesy of ESPN and FS1. That's right. We are here to talk about the marquee matchup in the Big Ten this week. And for the first time in almost 25 years, Penn State will face a ranked, a top five team at, while they're ranked in the top five in Iowa. I don't know if I that yeah, came t- out. Top ago.
1: five Big Ten team. Yeah, it's, top yeah, five okay. Big
0: Ten team. For the first time in almost 25 years. Um, That being said, let me throw out a quick question to our listeners. Who do you believe the best team in the Big Ten is right now? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Whistle one That is B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And let us know. Wow, I almost stumbled over that because I was actually thinking about it. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's get to this game because it is the marquee matchup of the week in the Big 10. Number three, Iowa versus number four, Penn State in Iowa. I have my thoughts. I'm going to leave my thoughts for the last because I am the Penn State fan here. Tyler, yeah, but, but you don't really watch them, right? Not yes. at all. Not at all. <laughs> no. no, not not even in the slightest. I don't have it on DVR, so when I'm at work, right? Yeah, and, and I text everybody and go, "Don't tell
1: me anything," because that, yeah. that'd be ridiculous.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Tyler, who do you what, what? What are your thoughts on the game? Well, I am so bummed. I'm not going to be able to watch the game because I'll be at work. But this is going to be the biggest game of the week, in my opinion. And ooh, this game, both teams have impressed me so much over this season but I'm gonna have I'm you might yell at me I'm gonna have to go with Iowa just because that stadium absolutely electric in that stadium and the Iowa defense has been solid not Lions have got a solid defense as well so I mean it's gonna be a close close game but I'm I mean just with Iowa being at home I'm gonna have to pick Iowa in this In this game,
0: all right,
1: Brandon, yeah, I mean, you alluded to that defense seven turnovers just last week, obviously, not a caliber team of Penn state i don 't expect Penn State to turn it over seven times, but that defense has been just shutting teams down so far this season and creating opportunities for the offense mm-hmm. the that Hawkeye defense. I think it'll be a close game i don 't think penn state will will be making those turnovers that. Iowa has been taking away so far throughout the season, but just playing at home, I think it gives them that little bit of an edge. It's going to be a close game. I could, I have it coming down to, again, a game-winning field goal to change the lead. So I think whoever has the ball last, I'm going to say
0: Iowa has it. All right. Um, give you my thoughts on everything. First and foremost, I believe the game, it, listen, betters out there, I, the last time I looked, uh, the the over-under was at 41-and-a-half. Yes, an Iowa one and Iowa one-and-a-half point favorite. Take, yep. take the under on the over-and-under. <laughs> take the under on that. That being said, it's going to come down for me at least to if Penn State can get that running game going in this game. If they can establish a running game that's going to open up things through the air for Sean Clifford. But Bo- I I think for me, at least, the defenses are a wash. So it's going to come down to the starting quarterback. For me, the starting quarterback for in running back for Iowa against the starting quarterback in the running game for Penn State, who prevails, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I've got Iowa winning by three. Really? Yes. I... I, I, I've got this one bookmarked as probably a loss for Penn State. Once again, Iowa at Iowa, if it was at Penn State, I might go a different way. I would have thought too. But with it being in, once again, that home field advantage, Iowa always plays, no matter what their record is, always plays people way, way tougher than they do when they are away compared to when they're home. I got Iowa winning by three. That being said, we're going to move on to the other marquee matchup, in my eyes at least, for this weekend. Michigan traveling to Nebraska. There's been a lot of questions going around. Is Michigan for real? Are they what? A a top 10 team in college football? I'm going to save. Our Nebraska fan for last, and I'm gonna go first. This is my upset special of the week. Really, I think I think Nebraska pulls off a huge upset here. It's the the signature win for Frost at ne- Nebraska, and this may be the one, just like Penn State beating Ohio State five years ago, that turns this this this. College team around and they start getting big time recruits and start getting people in there and Nebraska starts becoming a perennial powerhouse again. I think this game if, and I think Nebraska's defense is good enough to shut down that Michigan, but I think it's going to come in on last second field goal. They win by two. Interesting.
1: Yeah. An interesting stat that I just found about this game: the Cornhuskers are seven and one over the last three seasons when they score when they come up with over 500 yards. They're four and fourteen, including 0 and three this year when they don't get 500 yards. Michigan's not going to give up the 500 yards to Nebraska. So if that's what it takes for Nebraska, don't don't be
0: so sure about that. That Michigan defense is the only reason that people are not scoring on Michigan as much as they have been is because Michigan is running the ball so much and taking time off the clock. That defense is suspect. So,
1: all right. Yeah. So if, if Nebraska can hold down and, and shut down that running game for Michigan, or at least limit it, Nebraska has a chance. I, I'll have it as a close game, but I'm gonna go with Michigan in this one. Michigan by four.
2: All right, Corn Husker fan. What do you got? I'm back and forth on this, you know? Um because so I'm just just come looking at the uh both teams last five games in their and the scores and stuff like that. And this isn't my bandwagon hopping on this. I don't know. I truly think. Nebraska has a chance in this game. They're at home. Just that feeling. Just that feeling. They're coming off a fantastic win against Northwestern. Granted, Northwestern is not the team that they were last year. That's for sure. But a like racking up fifty six points against Northwestern. Never seen anything like that uh, um, with Nebraska in a while. And the two losses that they have, or the three loss, they have three losses. But the last two losses that they have were against solid teams. Number three, Oklahoma, only lost by a score. And uh, number 20, Michigan, only lost by a field goal in uh, overtime. So I have Nebraska in this game at home. I'm going to go the same thing by a field goal.
0: Late second field goal. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our number one here on Blow the Whistle. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's time for the deuce. woo
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> hour
0: number two on the way. We're going to talk a little more college football, White Sox, Major League Baseball playoffs, and Bulls in the next hour here on Blow the Whistle.
2: Bigsby and Shanker in the backfield with Bo Nix. And here is Nix into the end
0: zone. Auburn touchdown. White. Yeah, I want to let this just play for a little while, but it's so hard not to just come in and because it is college football, we're looking forward to this week, there are some marquee matchups outside of the Big Ten that we want to get to, first off, Welcome back to our number two of Blow the Whistle here on SportstownChicago.com. Welcome to our new listeners from the Under the Hood podcast. My name's David Dykstra. I'm here with
1: Brandon Januska, Tyler Buterbaugh, and
0: we got Jeremy on the ones and twosies. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to hit us up, let us know what you think, give us some suggestions. Let us know how great or bad we're doing. We don't really care. You can hit (laughs) us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Whistle one (laughs) B-L-O-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Did I get you? Did I get you?
2: I think you broke me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And in this hour, we're going to be talking, like I said, some more college football, Major League Baseball playoffs, including White Sox and some Bulls. So... That being said, let's get to some of these marquee matchups that are outside of the Big Ten this week. First and foremost, number two Georgia versus number eighteen Auburn. Brandon, your thoughts?
1: So the first part is the fact that Georgia is a fifteen and a half point favorite in this. (laughs) Really says something about how how talented that Georgia team is, or at least how talented everyone thinks that Georgia team is. I don't think it's enough. <laughs> you don't think it's a yeah. It's yeah. A, so I mean that that by itself, because Auburn is a good team. They are a talented team.
0: <sighs> That's debatable.
1: Okay, I I, <laughs> I, 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 I just
0: don't like I, I Bo Nix to me is overhyped. Okay. And, Uh, He played a a, a solid game against Penn State. I'll give him that much. But after that, he just dropped off. So, eh, yeah.
1: But I mean, there's a reason why Georgia's favored by over two touchdowns. And like you said, that might not even be enough. Uh, Georgia's going to run away with this one early. It's going, it's not going to be close. It's going to be one of those blowout games. It could be maybe 21. I, I'll take Georgia by 21 in this one. I, I'm going to be
0: quite honest with you and and Brandon or, and Tyler. Ugh. <laughs> Me and Brandon, that's Me, right. <laughs> well, I mean, you did throw yourself under the bus, so I mean. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> true statement. Uh, uh, my personal belief is Georgia's the best team in college football. Most complete, best team in college football.
2: I could follow up with that, that.
0: That offense is is moments away from starting to click on an elite level. That defense is already elite. I think they're the best team in college football all around. I think they blow this one out by 30 or more. I don't know. I think they may shut out Auburn just like they shut out Arkansas last week. This could get real ugly real fast. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say Georgia by 28, if not more.
2: Okay. I'm I'm going Georgia by 21. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't even think it's going to be close. I could almost agree that Georgia is probably the best team in college football right now. If you look at these numbers, they've allowed less than 200 total yards a game. That defense is ridiculous. So just with that alone, Auburn, Hasn't impressed me that much. The only impressive game that I really see here is they got it close with Penn State, twenty-eight to twenty. And they looked good. They, they did they, look good. Now, don't get me wrong. They've got a
0: beast of a running back in Bricksby. Bricksby is is a solid, solid massive of a man. <laughs> I, if they could get that running game going, there's a possibility. But I don't see it happening against that defense.
2: I yeah, I I could see it happening over time. But yeah, not against this Georgia defense. So yeah, I got Georgia by at least twenty-one.
0: All right, second big game coming, also coming out of the SEC, of course, of course. Arkansas at Old Miss. I'm going to start here. Future quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Carroll, goes <laughs> off in this game. I don't even think it's going to be close. Lane Kiffin was embarrassed last week by Alabama, made some – what I consider some very critical coaching mistakes during that game against Alabama to make it out of control. That game should have been much, much closer than it actually was. And a lot of that had to do with the coaching decisions that Lane Kiffin made. They bounce back and they absolutely trounce Arkansas. I'm going to say by, by 17.
2: Who'd you say you got? Ole, Art, Miss. Art, Art, Ole, Miss. Or, yeah. Ole Miss
0: all day. Every, I'm, I'm, riding Miss with, I'm riding with Matt Carroll until the wheels fall off. That's why I had them upset in Alabama last week. Honestly, I mean, that he is a very, very talented quarterback, and he's got wide receivers that, that will run for days. Okay.
1: Yeah, Ole Miss is the favorite in this one, five and a half, over under 66 and a half. And, I mean, we just talked about Georgia, the fact that, I mean, really, both these teams just got blown out last week against the top two teams in the AP rankings, uh, Ole Miss against Alabama and Georgia taking on Arkansas. So both those teams just, they're coming off a loss. They're coming off their first losses of the season so far. I think it'll be close. I'm going to go with the Rebels as well in this one. I think they're just, they're the better team. They're going to be too much for Arkansas to take on.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: I'm... Going to go the other way around. Ooh. I am going to go with Razorbacks. It's going to be a close game. Uh, Just something with the... After Razorbacks upset Texas A&M, number 7 Texas A&M, 20-10, that kind of impressed me a little bit that, okay, Arkansas is a solid team. And Ole Miss, I expected... I honestly expected the game against Alabama to be a little bit closer. Not too bad, 42-21. To but it's Alabama. I know that.
0: No, no. I... I, I put that loss more on coaching than I do yeah. the players. I really do. Lane Kiffin went in there with a, a grandiose head talking smack to Nick Saban, which you never freaking do. Let's just get that straight right now. But that being said, I think that had more to do with the coaching. He went on, he tried five fourth down, going for it five times on fourth down during that Alabama game. And I think he only got like two of them. Maybe okay. one of them. So yeah, there were could, there were there were coaching decisions that were made that made that game. It was twenty-one to nothing before the four, first quarter was over. Like, and those were all decisions made by Lane Kiffin going on 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 fourth down that they didn't get, and Alabama went the other way with it. Okay. So there were
2: I, I I I'll ride with the razor. No, Rams yeah, no, for sure, no, for sure. I mean, I I, I mean, I, de- I definitely think this game is up for grabs, but I'm just, I'm leaning towards Arkansas. It's, to me, it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go Arkansas 5.
0: All right. And now we get to the Red River... <laughs> the Red River Rivalry. There it is. There <laughs> it is. Good thing you can not Red Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, um, marquee matchup in the Big 12. This... Right here, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go first is my upset special of the week. I think Texas goes in and because it's played on a neutral site. Texas is the home team, quote-unquote, but it's played on a neutral site. I think Texas pulls this one off and because, I listen, I've said it from the beginning of the season. Oklahoma's overrated. They have no defense. This is going to be a shootout. Take the over, whatever the over is. <laughs> whatever the over is. I don't care if it's 100 points.
2: The spreads three. What's the spread three, my bad, yeah.
0: What's the over-under?
2: 63 and a half. Oh, <laughs> shit.
0: yeah. Take the over. This is going to be like a 45 to 42, 53 to 48 kind of game. They, Oklahoma does not have a defense. Uh, their one highlight was probably the interception of the century. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah,
2: I and think, of course that was against Nebraska, and
1: and, <laughs> and even that interception, technically from a football standpoint, was not a good call. No, on fourth down, <laughs> no,
0: absolutely wasn't. But that being said, I think Texas pulls off the upset, gives uh, Steve Sarkeesian a, a, a marquee win, and and probably helps Texas look a little better in the eyes of Texas.
1: Do you have this one in four overtimes like last year? No.
2: <laughs> I think it get
0: I think it gets gets just regulation. Okay. I, that is my thought. Uh, Tyler?
2: You know what, man? I am riding with you for the upset because I'm I mean, I'm going to keep saying Oklahoma's going to get upset and lose every week because I said this last week <laughs> it's too. It's coming. It's coming because it's one I, of those
0: things that you just you you kind of feel. All right, I just they, feel they it. just
2: haven't looked great They haven't impressed me at all this year. Every single game, every single game except for that one game they won 76 nothing. But it's every single game has been close. Like it, it being ranked number 6, these teams that you're going against should be blowouts. But I mean, it's their defense that is just not good, and honestly, I think Rattler is definitely overrated as well. I
0: and that's been the big surprise coming in. He, that, was, yeah, I he was, was one of the Heisman Canada, top runners, yeah. and, and he's lo- he just hasn't not been good. looking
2: good at all. So I'm going with Texas as well. To me, it's gonna be it's gonna be close as every game Oklahoma has had has been close. Uh, I'm gonna go Texas. I'm gonna go by a touchdown. All right, Brandon, who you got? All right, so Texas is, or rather, Oklahoma
1: is currently riding a 13-game winning streak that started last year when they beat Texas. I think Texas was the start of it. Texas will also be the end oh, of the winning
0: streak. I'm it. with you guys. Oklahoma wins. So, I, know.
1: <laughs> I was really hoping Brandon was gonna say Oklahoma. <laughs> Son, but well, yes, Texas. Is is playing better football it just seems lately. And this is for with first place in the conference on the line right here, Texas is gonna come out, pull it out by four.
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. Texas impressed me against Texas Tech because I had them losing against Texas Tech, because Texas Tech is better than anybody thinks they are. They are not ranked yet, but they will be by the end of the season. And they completely shellacked Texas
2: Tech. (laughs) There's the word. (laughs) There
0: it is. But that being said, I'm going to throw out a question to our listeners. It's something I want to get real quick from you guys. Uh, Who do you – no, that's not the question.
2: Will will
0: the SEC and Big Ten – Get two teams into the college football playoff this year. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let us know what you think at Whistle one B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Tyler, what do you think? Can the Big Ten and the SEC get two teams into the college football playoffs?
2: I, it's stop from seeing the rankings right now. I can see it happen. I think it definitely could because that top 4 right there in the rankings, I arguably probably the best four teams in this in the college football right now. But dude, Cincinnati has been I've been like they've been like a forgotten team for me, but just seeing them this season is getting me a little like interested in them a little more. And I don't know if there was a team to pull one of those uh four teams out of there it could be in cincinnati as a surprise but i don't know it would it would have to take a lot but i think right now i can definitely see um in the top 4 two secs and two big 10s and i'm who i'm saying is the top 4 that's there right now
1: brandon Yeah, I like the top four that's there right now. I mean, Iowa and Penn State, they play each other this week, so one might drop out just because of that matchup, which would open the door for Cincinnati or Oklahoma since they're going to beat Texas because of us. (laughs) 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 uh, Yeah. Yeah. When So after this week, the rankings will probably be changed in terms of that top four. But by the end of the season, I think there's a great chance that it looks the way it does right now.
0: I I completely agree with you. And here's the scenario that I'm talking about. Alabama and Georgia will meet in the SEC championship game. One of those will have a one loss record. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And I'm more than likely going to say it's Alabama. Here's the scenario for both Big Ten teams to get in. Whoever wins... This game on Saturday, whether it's Iowa or Penn State, goes on, runs the table, gets to the Big Ten championship. That other team that has the one loss has to run the table too to get to the Big Ten championship. They both run, meet the one who won the first time, loses the second time. That's two one loss teams in the Big Ten that deserve to be in the college football playoffs. That's how it happens. I'm not sure if it will, but that's how it would <laughs> I could, happen. I could
2: definitely see that coming, but do you, do you
1: think it's possible that a two loss team could be in the top four? No, if it, if no the way. two losses came against the same
0: team. That's, no, it's, okay. there's it's absolutely with how tight? Cincinnati will get in if there's a two loss team in consideration. So no how tight it is? No, I can't see it. Well, that's gonna do it for college football. A starting pitcher did not make the ALDS roster for the White Sox. We'll tell you who. Here. On Blow the Whistle.
2: One and two, Lance Lynn cuts him down. Fourth strikeout, seven up, seven down for Lynn. Lance Lynn, double-figure strikeouts. He has just been marvelous. He struck him out. Complete game shutout. Twirled by Lance Lynn. White Sox, White Sox.
0: Highlights courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. That's right. It's playoffs, baby. Woohoo. Playoffs? That's us right. about playoffs. We're talking playoffs and White Sox. But before we get to that, I'm going to throw out a question to our listeners. Our new listeners from the Under the Hood podcast, welcome in. Thank you for joining us. And our regulars like our boy King B Mac. Bro, if you're listening, love you, miss you, talk to you soon. Uh, what does everybody think? The White Sox have to do to get a series win against the Astros. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One.
1: They have to win three games. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what they have to do.
0: Captain. That's it. Shows over. That's all. That's all it is. That's <laughs> yeah, all. Yep. We're done. Uh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> All right, Brandon, uh, Lance Lynn's getting the start. Game one, do you think this was the right move for Tony Larusa?
1: Definitely. Lance Lynn has been their best pitcher throughout the season. He's been there before. He has playoff experience. I like the call to go to Lance Lynn in game one.
0: I also think he's the only pitcher in that staff that could go on short notice as well.
1: Yeah. I, I, and, I, I truly believe that. And there's also a chance. I, I think he knew already. I think Lance Lynn had already been told, like, you're starting, oh, or even if not, he knew he was starting one of the first two.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that's a pretty good. I, I love the fact that Tony Aruza came out and said it wasn't gamesmanship at all. I I call a little meh on that one. <laughs> there there was a little bit of gamesmanship. I was waiting, like we were sitting in the computer lab, and TJ went, "Hey, the Astros just pulled their starter." I was like, "Oh, it's starting. This is great." Dusty Baker and Tony LaRussa are going back and forth on one another like their Cubs Cardinals series. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. But for me for me, I know it's good to see Lance Lynn out there. Tyler, what do you think the White Sox need to do to win this series? What what's most important to you?
2: I really think that their pitching just needs to be on point because they have the pitchers. It's just and like we've talked about, I'm just hoping that Larusa, because we've 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 talked, to, manager Larusa in playoffs is different in regular season. So this
0: is what they brought Tony Larusa to the White Sox for exactly his postseason
2: experience. So I'm hoping and I'm thinking that Larusa will have that rotation a little bit better, and he's got his best pitchers starting this series off. Like you, like you should because this is this is where it counts. So I think pitching is definitely key. For the White Sox right now, and not only today's game, but in this entire entire playoff run. So, as long as LaRusa can get that rotation going and have Hendricks as the closer, no, no, uh, not Hendricks. I'm sorry. Kimberl.
0: I can't believe I'm going to say this because I've been preaching it for, I don't know, what, two months? Uh huh. I think you keep Hendricks in closer right now. No, no, he's hot. I don't think he's so. hot. And he's hot. He was the reliever of the month in September. He's on a tear right now. He looks fantastic. Keep him where they're at. Just let Kimbrel know, listen, I know you're not comfortable doing this, man, but we got to ride the hot hand right now, and he's Hendricks is hot, like scorching. I don't even want to touch him. He's so hot. Brandon, what do you think this series comes down to?
1: Scoring first, especially for the Sox right now, having to play in Houston, I get out to an early lead. I honestly
0: thought you were going to go with whoever has the biggest or the most runs. <laughs> yes. Whoever has the most runs after nine innings I thought you will just, win the game. I thought you were just going to be a complete jerk about it again and go whoever has no, the most no. runs at the end of the So you're talking whoever gets runs on the yeah, on the board first.
1: Get out there for. Okay. I think it's more important for the Sox than okay. it is for the Astros to strike early and go Don't go into those later innings trailing because having to play in Houston, they struggled in Houston during the regular season. The Astros uh, took the season series 5-2, so it's going to be tough. It's an uphill battle here for the Sox. Lance Lynn is a great guy to throw out there first to try to get you that momentum, and he should be able to at least limit the damage he struggled in his first time out during the regular season against the Astros, but he's picked it up since then. I expect it to be a low-scoring game, which is why there's going to be like five runs in the first inning, but I expect it to be a good pitching matchup here in the first game, and I think this first game is key, especially for the Sox having to play without the home field advantage.
0: I, I, I'm i going to agree with you. There are some interesting facts though. Houston is not a good team during day games at Minute Maid Field. So that's something to pay attention to. They they are not a good team during game days at Minute Maid Field. I repeat that again. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a, and their first two games are, are during the day. day games. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I uh for me it's going to come down to two players in that in that starting lineup for the Chicago White Sox. I think whether a healthy or not, I think he's that, yeah that's go. huge. I think he's going to go, but more importantly and above everything else, if Tim Anderson has a good series, it's over. This team seems to ride or die on that energy that Tim Anderson brings to the clubhouse, to the field, and if he gets off to a hot start and starts just going off, this series is over. When he's the, hot,
2: it's a different team.
0: Yeah, because they ride on his emotional, his emotional highs and lows. When he was out with injury, you could tell the difference in the White Sox team. Now, I do agree with you. This the the starting pitching to me is going to be a very interesting thing for the White Sox. But this is once again why they brought in Tony Larusa. This is why you bring in that experienced postseason, God of all gods manager to to just tell you how it's going to go. I think I don't necessarily think that they need to take game one, but I believe they need to take one of the first two games for sure. Whether it's Lance Lynn coming in and pitching lights out because I can see Lance Lynn coming into this game and, and being old school Lance Lynn. Grizzly may not May not pitch the greatest game, but just fight, scratches, and claws to get the victory for the White Sox.
1: And the other key key player that I would add to that list, Yasmani Grandal. He finished the season on a hot note. He was batting 318 over his le- over the last week of play. He's going to be the starting catcher out there. And so he's going to need to not just manage that staff, obviously, and he's got a great relationship with all those pitchers. He's a good catcher. But more than that, he has to just continue to get on base. That's what he has been doing throughout the season. Over the last month, he's got a 481 on base percentage over his last thirty games of the season. He's going to have to get on base and set the table for these other guys like Jose Abreu, like Tim Anderson. Get on base so that they can drive you in.
0: I I, I could see that as well. Grandal is going to be a key as well.
2: Now, an interesting thing, uh, stat that or stats that I just pulled up. So. Houston's already got their lineup out for today's game obviously and the first four guys up to bat the the high, so they're all up like over 8 the, the 380 uh batting average against Lance Lynn. So that made that just kind of puts into question it seems like Lance Lynn has struggled a little bit with these four, four, four first four guys up to bat. Should we see do you do you think that we should see Lynn struggling a little bit with these guys or how do you think this is going to turn out? Like
0: I said, I don't think he's going to go out there and pitch like a, a no-no or like a shutout game. I think this is going to be this is going to be one of those scratch claw not pretty kind of wins for the White Sox if they pull out the victory today. It's it's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be one of those things where you're like, "Woo! I just watched one of the best postseason pitching performances I've ever seen in my life." It's just not going to be one of those those games. It, it's going to be all right, I'm going to punch you in the mouth, and then let's see if you can counter punch and punch us in the mouth kind of games. That that being said, it's going to be interesting to me how this rotation folds out after this. Are you throwing Cease? Because Dallas Keuchel's off the roster, so that answers one of the questions. Are you throwing Cease in at game three, and then Rodon and probably Kopech? Game four, because Rodon's probably not going to go more than four innings in that game four or whatever game he pitches just because they're protecting him with his, his arm soreness.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the way I would do it. I would go cease in game three and then Rodon in game four with not not just Kopech, but probably Ronaldo Lopez available oh, yeah. on Lopez the back end as well. As well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so those, those two right there, boom, boom. Okay, so you have Rodon maybe going three instead of four or five having Kopech or Lopez come in after that, going another two, two.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously it depends on how the game is yeah. going as well. But yeah, I'd say you don't expect him to go more than five. So five is five is your top. And then you can bring in Kopech and not not burn him out too much. That way he can come in in a later game, have him only pitch maybe two innings from him, two innings from Ronaldo, Ronaldo Lopez, depending on how each of them are doing, and so you can go off it like that. So if you only get four out of him, you can still go, he, he pitches four, Rodondas, and then you go two from Kopech, two from Lopez, and then you're into your closers.
0: All right. Well, let's get predictions real quick from everybody. I'm going to start with you, Tyler. Tyler, who you got?
2: I have – I'm going to have the uh, – are we just doing for today's game or the whole series? Series. I'm going to say – I'm going to go with the White Sox in this series. I'm going to say... How many games? Uh, three. Whoa! A sweet. A sweet? Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. It's a five-game series, Yeah, No, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa! I'm going <laughs> to... I was about I, to
0: say somebody grew a set.
2: I was... I know. I had a brain fart for a second. <laughs> I'm going to th- say he's going to go into a game five.
0: All right. All right. Brandon? Okay.
1: I'm. I think the Astros are going to be too much for the Sox in this one, and home field advantage is huge for the White Sox. They have not played all that great on the road this year, so I'm leaning toward the Astros in this one. I think the Sox can take one at home, but it's going to be Astros in
0: four. All right, I'm going with I'm going with Tyler, but I'm going White Sox in four. Okay. I think I think they take one or two here and then take both in both at home. Well, that's going to do it for the White Sox, but we're not done with Major League Baseball postseason talk. When we come back, we talk about the rest of the games here on Blow the Whistle. The 0-1. Fly ball right center field. Renfro is there and calling. He makes the catch and the Red Sox move on. Two balls and a strike to count on Taylor. Reyes fires. Swing and a drive. Deep left field. This is way back. Welcome. Taylor. Highlights courtesy of 93.7 WEEI in Boston and TBS. Those were the final outs of the wildcard games. Great games. Unbelievably. And once again, can we just... I, I said it earlier. There, there's some kind of mojo magic going on in Dodger Stadium. I, I Kirk Gibson... All that stuff, it, 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 it's amazing to me. Once again, another walk-off home run in the playoffs. Dodgers are going to move on. We'll get into that in a little bit. And then uh, the Red Sox, Garrett Cole still, once again, having complete and utter issues at Fenway Park. He went in their lifetime six point nine nine one nine ERA and completely showed that that, that ERA was justified. Um, but let me throw out a question to all the listeners and then we'll get to you guys. Uh who do you guys believe wins their series and moves forward in the playoffs? Hit up, up hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at blowtwhistle whistle one. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Your thoughts on on the two wild card games, and then we'll get into what this means moving forward into the other games.
2: Go ahead, Ty. me to go ahead? Yeah, I'll go ahead,
0: ben. Um, Brandon doesn't want to talk about baseball.
2: I know, take, this is weird. Take advantage. <laughs> take advantage, man.
0: Take advantage. Um, <laughs> so, start. Wait, I'm, I'm, I got to you, you feel his
2: forehead. Make sure he's okay. Uh, yeah. Bring bringing a COVID test. <laughs> <laughs> um, that Red Sox and uh, Yankees game, that was. A phenomenal game. I mean, besides um, Schwarber having just hit, hit bullying. <laughs> um, why am I going blank on his Garrett name? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Um, but no, that was just a great game. And it, it was love to smile
0: to anybody's face it just does. to watch the Yankees lose.
2: And especially to see uh, two former Cubs players both have a home run. Brandon could have won some money on that. But, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rub salt into the wound, don't you? Well, he doesn't want to talk about baseball. so. <laughs> 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 whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, no, that game overall was phenomenal. Impre- Red Sox impressed me a little bit in that one. But now going up against the Tampa Bay Rays, it's going to be a tough because Tampa Bay is – has been good like this whole season. So I mean, to me, that's going to be a little bit tough for the Red Sox. But it's going to be a close series, in my opinion.
0: Okay. Uh, your thoughts on the game last night?
2: Last night's game, I didn't really get to catch up on, but seeing the highlights, um, God, it was neck and neck the entire time, and Taylor, oh. Taylor's uh, go ahead, home run, two run homer was just absolutely electric. I mean. Obviously, I could have figured something like that would happen with the the Dodgers, and that was just – that was insane. And then both these games have been just neck and neck, and then just something outstanding just happened. So it was a great win. A little biased. Glad the Cardinals got knocked out because if the Cubs couldn't make it, I didn't want the Cardinals to make it. So.
0: I, I will say this much, and Brandon, I'll ask you this question. To me, that game last night between the Cardinals and, and, and Dodgers is what makes – playoff baseball so much fun to watch. the absolute roller coaster ride and I I wasn't invested at all but it still had me on a roller coaster ride of emotions. I could only imagine if you were a Cardinals or a Dodgers fan. your peaks and valleys in that game yesterday were amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, like you said, that's what you want from playoff baseball, especially if you don't, if your team's not in and you're not watching for a specific team to win, that's just entertaining baseball all the way around. Both games were really, I mean, I know Boston – Led or won the game six to two. They broke it open a little bit at, at the end, but that was close for a while. Uh Nathan Navaldi was just dealing early on, but after Rizzo Homered, there was a chance for ball for the Yankees <laughs> to come
0: back there. Q, Q. Can we talk, let's talk about that decision by the third base coach (laughs) to send Aaron Judge home on that play.
1: It was a bad call. It was a stupid decision there because of how the game was going. With only one out in that situation, you can't risk it down by multiple runs there. I agree. You, You just, you can't do it. It was too close of a call. It wasn't a sure thing. They know they have a good arm out there in the outfield, so you can't send them on that play.
2: The announcers were even just like, that was just, that was foolish of them to uh, send him to home play. Oh, so and I, was, the- I was shocked myself when I saw that.
0: By the way, there was a, a single in the first inning, and I'm not sure exactly who it was by for the Yankees, but the radio call called it a home play. <laughs> Oh, yes, I did see that. <laughs> it was the most, because I was I was working that night, and they they went in on that call because of it being the playoffs, and they were like, it was a home run. What What's he doing standing on first? And everybody like, no, it was a single. I remember what, like, yeah, yeah. the so announcer
2: that, said something, and it was it was quoted everywhere. Like, he's like, did I not just get that right? He's like, he's like did yeah, that's, I not that's say that's that? Exactly <laughs> or something like said. that. It was, great. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great. It was great.
0: It was great. It was Stanton who hit it. Thanks, Jeremy. Good job. Good job. Way to be on the ball.
2: Good job, intern.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So moving forward, we now have uh, Red Sox Cardinals. Or Red Sox. Red Sox. Red Red Sox Rays. Red Sox Rays. (laughs) I can't even blame it on Monday. Yeah, Cardinals are done. They lost. They're out. (laughs) Red Sox Rays tonight, 7 o'clock on FS1 as well. I'm just going to, just like with, with the White Sox, who you got in the series?
2: Go with me again. He, uh,
0: no, I'm going <laughs> to go oh, Brandon, go against, Brandon? Okay. because he didn't want to talk about baseball. I
1: I'm think this one will go the distance. Two division foes. They know each other. They played 19 times during the season. It's going to be a back-and-forth battle, but Tampa is just a complete team. That that team, they can pitch, they can hit, they led the lead in runs. They are a good team. Wander Franco is just ridiculous. That kid, I mean, he's he's the number one prospect in all of baseball for a reason, and he is showing it. I I have the Rays winning it in five, home field advantage, and just they're just a loaded team.
0: Do you want me to wait to go to you, Tyler,
2: or do you? I'll go. You go. Yeah, I'll go. Go, go for it. <laughs> no, make I, it quick. All right. I'm I'm on all- <laughs> Okay, no rush here. Um, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> I'm also going with Tampa Bay in this one. They've been outstanding this entire season. And even though Boston impressed me with that wild card game, I'm gonna go I'm gonna take it uh Tampa and four. Alright. I'm gonna go with that. They just have been they've been lights out this entire season.
0: Red Sox and four. One word. Schwarber. Yeah? I think. I think Kyle Schwarber shows up in this series and has one of those epic just playoff series kind of times and just think something that people will be talking about for years to come and advances them to the ALCS. I'd be okay with that. So the,
1: the the Brizzo Souvenir Company sponsored World Series can't
0: happen now.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Schwarber would be good. That's true. Gotta root for the X Cub. Yeah, player. exactly. So I would root for him. Yeah,
0: All right. Uh moving forward. Uh Braves Brewers. Tyler, who you got?
2: Braves Brewers. Oof. This is gonna I'm gonna go with Atlanta on this one. All right. Um, even though the Brewers have been fairly hot late, like in probably the second half of the season. But I mean, I don't know. Overall, I'm gonna go with Atlanta in this. It's gonna go into a game five though. All
0: right, Brandon?
1: I don't think it goes five. Uh, the Brewers pitching is just too good. That Their starting staff, and then they have the bullpen as well. Devin Williams is out because he decided to punch a wall during the celebration, so that's a, a shot to their bullpen for sure. But having Josh Hader on that back end, he's capable of going two innings if he I was needs to. to multiple. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and just the starters that they have. And Corbin Burns, I mean, Woodruff, they've got... Loaded all over the place. Peralta it came out of nowhere. I mean, that pitching staff is too good. I think the Braves can take one, but I, I'm not even sure about that. It could be a sweep. I'll say Brewers in four, but there's a chance it's a sweep.
0: I'm going Brewers in three. So I just they're they're too talented. All right, and that brings us to Dodgers Giants once again in divisional rivals getting. To it quickly. Who do
2: you got, Tyler? I'm gonna have to go with the Giants. They've been outstanding all season, and I'm rooting for another Cubby. I'm an ex-Cubby. <laughs> exactly. I'm going for Chris Bryant. So I got Giants in this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in four. Okay, Brandon. All right. I mean, yeah, you've got two loaded
1: lineups. Two loaded pitching staffs, just complete teams on both sides, meeting up in the playoffs for the first time ever, these two teams, so it'll be a great matchup, similar to when the Cubs and Cardinals met for the first time in the playoffs in 2015. This is going to be a back and forth battle between these two teams that know each other, that hate each other, and it's going to be a battle. I have the Giants taking this one in five. I think it goes the distance, but I have the Giants taking this one. They are a complete team all the way around, let's say a walk-off homer for Chris Bryant to <laughs> do really it, serious? to send him.
0: <laughs> I love that. Maybe, I, maybe I'll put money on this one. <laughs> I, ooh, I'd love to see the odds on that. Yes. I am going to also agree with Brandon. Giants in five. I think this is going to be probably one of those ebb and flow things. Uh, I I could honestly see like the home series being split 1-1 dodgers win one in in san fran and san fran wins one in la kind of thing but yeah giants in five i completely agree with you brandon well that's going to do it for our major league baseball talk well it was showtime on the court we'll tell you who impressed us here on blow the whistle nice lead pass for caruso back to delusion Here, Bulls fans. Sexton into traffic. Turnover again. Caruso for
2: Levine. Oh, oh.
0: Watch the Watch the Jared Highlights courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. <laughs> 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 Dude, I can't get through just, this. Just <laughs> the calls. <laughs> I, not just the calls, <laughs> but like Tyler's just over there yeah. reacting to every <laughs> single one of them. Like a kid in a candy store <laughs> But before I get to my boy Tyler Who is pumped up Oh yes About this game One game in the preseason entire, It's like we're winning the championship <laughs> No one's touching us Brooklyn, 80, 82 and all <laughs> Brooklyn Nets aren't going anywhere Milwaukee sucks <laughs> Giannis <laughs> that, who? Giannis they're going to cut him and keep his little brother.
2: (laughs) No, Giannis Antetokounmpo who?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? But before we get to that, let me throw out the question to our listeners. Was this a preview of what to look forward to with the Chicago Bulls for the season? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Now...
2: Moment you've yeah. all been waiting for.
0: Starting lineup: Tyler Buterbaugh. What? What were your thoughts watching this game? Were you like just dancing <laughs>
2: in your seat, going, "This is gonna be awesome"? I was, I was outstanding and just thrilled seeing how these guys played together. Because first off, Levine had a great game. Seven players total on that roster scored double-digit points. So I think just given getting that little bit, to me, gives me all the confidence in the world that this Bulls team is a huge jump and way more talented compared to last year. And I said a text to you guys in the group chat. I was like, there's something that I just saw in this game. Defense. <laughs> <laughs> there was defense, and I was more excited about that than seeing. I mean, the 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 unselfishness uh, between all these players dishing the ball up. Because I was talking with my dad, and he's like, "Oh, I think that these guys are going to be selfish. Everyone's going to want to be the star on the team." I'm like, "You know what? No, I no, think there's I- these players. They know their spots. They know that this is Levine's team, and stuff like that. And Levine took that team and was the leading scorer. But the ball movement." And the fact that you pointed out yesterday that there was two Bulls highlights on ESPN.com <laughs> says something. Dude. I haven't
0: seen that in a very, 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 yeah, very probably long time. since
2: the the D Rose in the Eastern Conference Finals era.
0: Kind of, I would say that. I'll tell you what. The, this is the scary part. Now, granted, I, it is what it is. It was a the game one preseason, and it was against those very highly touted Cavaliers from Cleveland. That being said, though. I was impressed, not only because of—they look like they've been together for two years.
2: That's exactly what was going through my head. They they look
0: like they've had years together. Here's the the thing that impressed me the most. They don't even have their most—probably their most athletic player even on the floor right now.
2: Williams? Williams. Yeah. Green impressed me. He—I don't know where he came from. Scary. Scary good. He looked really good.
0: And once again, this is a very, very, very minute sample size, but I can see how the Chicago Bulls fans are going. Oh, oh,
2: oh. Just hearing when they announced that starting lineup in the beginning, like before the game started, was just music to my ears. Like it was just something. It was something back in the uh, Foreman and. Uh, I'm already forgetting them because they're old news to me. They're dead to me. <laughs> the old front, dead front dead. office. Yeah. Um, you would have never have thought you'd, you'd hear a lineup like that for the Chicago Bulls. Arturis did a hell of sign and trades and all that good stuff to make this team to where they could be. And adding all these pickups and seeing how they play exactly like you said. Um, seeing what, Saying what you said about um, they look like they've been playing for like... Two years together. Like that chemistry, just in that little bit of time in the offseason they had before the preseason starts, they look unbelievable together. And that's why I am so that's what really thrilled me the most after seeing this game.
1: They they looked great. And you mentioned the defense. That was actually what Zach Levine said impressed him the most as well after the game. He said that uh, when directly asked, it's like, you guys played well on both sides of the court. What was your biggest takeaway from it? And he, he came out and said, the defense is what impressed me the most. So the Bulls finally have a, a some sort of resemblance of a defense now after – I feel like every week, every game, that's what we were just <laughs> hitting my issue. on. Yeah. Uh for last season.
0: Well, and that was the issue last season. They yeah. could they could score with pretty much anybody. Yeah, one of the top oh, teams. Yeah. They a- were a- like a-
2: top four up there in scoring, but then they were bottom, top, bottom yeah. three in points allowed.
0: So that being said, optimism's high. I even I think I, I even talked to Tyler. I, I had him I had him at a, a, a six seven seed going into the season after watching that first game. Four five isn't 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 a hard hard jump for me at this moment. Now That's, granted, like super small sample size, but there's an ebb and a flow to this team, and they you can kind of tell that they all kind of like like enjoy playing together and and having fun together. And the one that surprised me the most was Caruso. Caruso, yeah, just double double in your first preseason game. Nice job, young man. But it, there, there's there's reason for optimism for for Bulls fans and reasons for for things to look up. So I I I, I applaud you, sir. <laughs> I, I look <laughs> forward you. to seeing what this the rest of this preseason and. Windy season. City is
2: going to turn into Lob City, baby.
0: Well, and and that's the thing is like, it, it's going to be showtime. It it's, is. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. No. I'm super. I'm super thrilled, and like I I put him in the exact same position as you said. I see him as a four or five seed as well. Definitely top five um, in the East right now.
0: And we just had a little bit of breaking news here. Jose Abreu is in the starting lineup for the Chicago White Sox tonight. Great sign. Maybe he'll, and I heard this on uh, Mullion Hall this morning, maybe he's going to have a Jordan-esque kind of game where he just plays through 103 temperature, hits three home runs, six RBIs, and just... Flu game, baby. <laughs> yeah, the flu game for Jose Abreu, Chicago's known for it. So it'll be very interesting to see how he plays with being ill. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Everybody, have a great rest of the weekend. Enjoy the games. That's going to do it for Blow the Whistle. Brandon... Why don't you tell them where they can find us?
1: Well, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Whistle one that's at B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And of course, our recorded shows. We record each and every one of our shows. You can find those on Anchor.FM, on Spotify, on Breaker.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Quad Pod Network, iHeartRadio, and of course, the Under the Hood Podcast as well.
0: And once again, we want to thank all our regular listeners from Under the Hood Podcast and anyone new that has come in and started listening to us once again hit us up tell us what you like what you'd like to hear us talk about we're more than welcome welcoming to ideas and suggestions that's gonna do it boys Aww. for me David Dykstra Brandon Januska Tyler Buterbaugh and our boy on the ones and two Jeremy Stetter have a great weekend stay positive be positive and we'll see you next time here, i blow the whistle.